Welcome to Design Talk. I'm Alan Higgins. This episode is part of a series of interviews with game designers, publishers, researchers and the public recorded at the Essen Spiel. So I'm at... uh a testing table and uh, we've got a board game being played uh, called Ratopolis and we have the designer here, uh, Julien. Julien, tell me a little about yourself before we... Uh, About myself, well I'm a French designer and um, Ratopolis is my fourth published game. Uh, Before that I have um, two little abstract games at uh, Stefan Spiel, if you know it, and um, Yokai, which is my most, um, um, how do you say? Popular? Popular game, yeah. So, yeah, it's a um, small memory game as well. Okay. Um, are you self-published or do you have a publisher? Um, right now, all my games are uh, published through another publisher. I'm currently trying to launch my own company to publish uh, my, my friends and my own games. Is this the first time you've been to Spiel? Uh, it's my third time, actually. Yeah, it's uh, always a nice experience. Okay. And um, do you go to any other trade fairs, game trade fairs? Uh, usually, yes, in France, mainly. I did Nuremberg once, and it was nice, too. And how many years have you been involved in game design and publishing? I've been designing for 10, 11 years now. And uh, my first published game was in 2017. So, yeah. And Ratabolis is actually one of my first designs. So it's about 10 years old. Okay. So you were doing this before you got into the business? Yes, it was a definitely. Passion. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's still a passion, actually. And how many people get involved in the design process, or is it a solitary process for you? Well, it starts as a very solitary process. Then you involve the family and the friends, and then you try to widen it as much as possible. It's uh, a lot of people involved, actually. Even before signing the contract with the company, you have to test your game a lot, an awful lot of times. Have you ever gone um, the Kickstarter route to...? Not at all. Not at all. No, I'm not really interested in this part of the industry. It's more... I don't know, it, it doesn't appeal to me, actually. Um, and yet you've gone to the trouble of, uh, I suppose, funding your own projects, too. Yes, well, um, this is more for the experience. We, wanted, we are four friends, and we wanted to, to make it from A to Z, and try to design the game, then publish it, and then sell it. And this is what we like to try, but uh, we'll see if it works. It's a very, we discovered it's a very hard thing to do. Okay, so it's hard to do it to be self-published, but you, you understand all the steps now. Yeah. And your goal for the future is to have partnerships with a, a, a specialized publishing house, or do you want to go stay on your own? We're not dead set on what we want to do. We, for now, what we are trying to do is self-publish our game, try to 
to have it made as local as possible, as ecologically as possible. That's something that matters to us. Uh, and then maybe if the if the game appeals to other publishers um, in Europe or worldwide, we'll try to find a deal that makes it uh, ecological as well and local as well That's in other countries. Yeah, no, there's a, you, you do suspect that with the sort of uh, outsourcing to third parties in faraway countries with the logistics and the shipping costs that there's a sustainability issue yeah. with physical games. Yeah, definitely. And, but there's possibly a route to avoid that, and that is to have local production. Yeah, right. that's what we are trying to do. Yeah. It seems to be very difficult, at least in France, we, we don't have the, the production means. So we, we, we can't find a factory to make our game, actually. And would just just on that, would would widening your circle of manufacturers to include Italy, Poland, Latvia, all the other in, within yeah. the EU, that would be okay. It may be, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. We're we're exploring right now. Yeah. So yeah, the the most um, the obvious choice would be Poland because they have uh, wonderful offers, but it's a little too far from us actually. Right. Maybe Spain would be nice, Italy, okay. okay, Germany, but I suspect it would be uh, kind of costly. So as a small company, as a small group of designers yep. um, collaborating on projects, you must be very conscious of the success or progress of your games in the marketplace. Well, right now we don't know. <laughs> we have nothing launched yet, so we'll see how it goes when does ratopolis get released uh, it's next february in france uh, for the Cannes festival uh, well yeah and your purpose in coming to spiel i suppose you're you've got meetings arranged yeah and the playtest table you're actually getting people well, right now ratopolis is finished so it's more of a um, uh, marketing uh, thing i guess um, yeah it's been it's been shown in france for several months now and um, well the publisher tells me it's rather successful so well I'm happy with it okay so, and we'll see what it does after I think it's a very mature polished well-known quantity I can see the, the players you've got here um, that they, they've got the idea I suppose how long is the onboarding for the game how long does it take new players to to get the idea the rules explanation takes 10 minutes maybe it's uh, there's a large set of rules actually for this for looks this like a small set of rules well yeah actually there are two sets okay so that may be why okay okay <laughs> but yeah it's not so many but um, yeah you take 10 minutes because there are special powers and so on uh, but uh, after the first round you understand everything there's no question now I, f I i know with a lot of games there's an easy version then a medium version and a hard version of the rules yep. do you have that kind of approach too with onboarding not no, yet not with this one not with this one okay. with the one we're trying to publish ourselves we tried to have a tutorial version but we're not yet sure we'll use it because does it really need it you you don't know yeah yeah <laughs> um just out of interest what meetings have you got arranged and how long will you be here Oh, well, I'm here for the four days of the fair. Um, I've, I have eight or nine meetings with publishers. Um, yeah, well, a few with uh, producers, actually, for, with um, 
Ah, manufacturing. Do manufacturers, yeah. yeah. What advice would you give to people thinking of getting into board game design and, and production the way you are? Ah, with board game design, I, I would say uh, try to meet other designers. Uh, this is the best way to make progress on your games. Um, lately in France we have had a game designers group forming locally and uh, right now in my area we are like 20 people meeting regularly and that helped me a lot and I know it, it's helped uh, other designers as well. Do you have a sense that this uh, economy is growing? Oh definitely yeah. It is exploding, I would say. There are so many games coming out now. Is that a good thing or a bad thing, that there's so much variety? It depends on the standpoint. If you take the ecological standpoint, it's not good at all. Ah, for the manufacturing and the pieces yeah, and... Ah, yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. But from a marketing perspective, do games compete with each other, really? Uh, they, they do. They, they do. do, yeah. I think so. Um, Competing for people's attention? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah you, you can't have your eyes on everything. Okay. There's more than a thousand games here. What You can't see everything. But this is the incredible thing. At Spiel, every year there's more than a thousand games, and yeah. there's probably a few hundred new ones coming out. Plus, there's the prototypers. Yeah. So, how does that sustain itself? It seems to, though, doesn't it? Well, actually. For game designers, it's very hard. You have to have several games published each year if you want to leave of it. And it won't happen to me uh, anytime soon, I guess, because, yeah, thank you. Uh, the players are just leaving. They've had a great game and they're smiling and uh, yeah, waving and thanking the designer. Julian? Yep, they look happy. Yeah. They, they look happy, <laughs> yeah. That was a happy experience. I, I've been speaking to players um, in the, the spiel and outside the spiel and they're saying some of them just come here to play new games yeah 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 and i'm not sure if it's part of the purchasing decision process uh for many it is yeah yeah actually i i used to buy games um without knowing them and then you discover you don't like it what do you what do you do with them it's a big investment yeah well, i wouldn't say so maybe it's getting uh, more costly with nowadays but when I started I, I would buy a game for 20 euros and try it and well if, it, if I don't like it it's 20 euros well whatever right now when you buy a game 60 euros uh, yeah well <laughs> you've made a um, you've got a good place here in Hall 3 yep. and you're sharing this space with three other uh, oh. designs and well, actually, this is the publisher's space, so it's Brajlon Games, and they are um, they are publishing the, all the games that's on the booth. So, Radabolis is their next release. Um, they have Captain's War that came out a few months ago, and uh, Moon Circus is the release next uh, to Radabolis. So. That's yeah. You're under the umbrella here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and you have that support. Drajlan yeah. is a part of Ashet, uh, so it's a very large group, and they have, uh, of course, they're in Hall Three, which is the biggest one. It is. Yeah. It's a very for for a new designer, it's fantastic to have a foothold here oh, yeah, in yeah. this particular mm -hmm. place. 
um, because the, as, as, as we know, it goes to what, six or seven huge halls. Yeah. Plus there's the Galleria and other spaces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how many people do you know have come into Spiel this, or, or have, are scheduled to come in this year? Well, it used to be more than 100,000 people, so hopefully it's the same this yeah. year. Well, Julien, thank you very much for taking the time to talk with me. Thank you. I'm speaking with Irene Lemans from Jolly Dutch. We're in hole, is this hole two? Hole one. Hole one. This is a really special hole. It's one of the biggest and busiest holes. Yeah, definitely. Besides hole three, I think hole one is, is definitely the busiest hole. Yeah, so we've just seen we're some, very glad to be here. There's a bunch of uh, strange, uh, skin tight suited men cycling <laughs> slowly down the footpath there. Yeah, that, that, that's part of Spiel. That's part of the craziness of being here. Um, Irene, can you tell me a little about Jolly Dutch? Uh, yeah, uh, Jolly Dutch was started, I think, about oh, five years ago. Uh, and it all started with one big game, uh, which is called Chartered. Uh, my boss, uh, he just loved games and he came up with this design for a game that he always played with his friends and with his family. And then he thought, okay, I want to pursue this, I'm going to make this happen, I'm gonna make this in an, into an actual game. Uh, and that's what he did, and that's how he met his uh, co-partner, uh, and they started up uh, Jolly Dutch. And now, five years later, we have a bunch of uh, games out on the market. And you've got a bunch of employees, you've grown bigger. Yeah, we've, we've definitely grown bigger since uh, last year. We doubled, well, no, tripled our employees. And, uh, well, I have to say we, we Maybe, maybe quadrupled our game uh, titles, the number of titles yeah. you've got. Yeah. Tell me about your role, community manager. Uh, yeah, I'm the, yeah, as you say, I'm the, the community manager. What I do is I make all of our uh, posts for social media. We're on uh, Instagram and on Facebook, of course, and also LinkedIn. Uh, so my, my job is to provide fun and engaging content. And what I also do is, uh, well, um, uh, communicate with our audience. Uh, if there's people that have questions, they can always come to me and I'll answer them if they have questions about our games. And I also talk a lot with influencers and reviewers who make videos or reviews from our games. That's funny, I, I just thought to myself that in tech, the um, support function tends to handle all of that, but really, a community manager, you're engaged with your clients, your users, your yeah. audience. Yeah. And, uh, praise and and and, and uh, criticisms come your way. Yes, yes, they do. Yeah, so yeah, it's always nice to hear when people love your game. So that's always fun to hear. And sometimes there's some comments that, yeah, they think, well, this could have been better. And then that's something to take with you in the process for for next time. Tell me, um, in community management, what do you find are the better social channels to use? What gives you most traction? I have to say, at the moment, uh, it, I like Instagram the best. I think Instagrammers really build uh, a community of board gamers. And I don't know, it's just really nice to be there. There's, I don't know, the vibe is, is very good there. And a lot of people interacting, commenting on, on games they like. And 
I don't know, the beautiful photography also helps, of so course. So what makes a winning Instagram post? Because I presume you want to see some of your contact, can, content shared and reshared. Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely, yeah. Whatever uh, creates the most views, of course. But uh, yeah, uh, what really helps, I think, is uh, if you try to be interactive with your audience. So uh, we usually uh, try to ask some questions, ask for feedback on, on our games, on our posts. And what also really helps, I find, is if you see people playing the game. Like sometimes you have just photos of just the game, but if you have photos with people in them, that just works so much better. I don't know, that's just, yeah, it works a lot better so for people. So you use that uh, to, to drag in content or at least observe what's happening where, where your players are posting videos. Yeah, 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 definitely as well, yeah. Yeah, we definitely also look at what other reviewers are doing and uh, and see, yeah, what works. Are the designers hungry for that feedback that they, they can get from you? Um, how, is that, how does that come into the company? Do you use it at all? Uh, well, we always, yeah, we always use our the feedback we get uh, from people, and sometimes when we make a, when we make a second edition of a game, we always incorporate the feedback we got from our followers, from our audience, into the the game rules. Sometimes they say, well, this is not clear in the rules. We already make a frequently asked uh, question page on uh, our website and on Board Game Geek, uh, but we also really try to incorporate into the rules uh, the feedback we get from our audience. Tell me a little about the role of Board Game Geek in kind of hanging, to, does, does it act as a kind of a backbone for the broader tabletop community? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think Board Game Geek is yeah the, the place to be for the board game community. Uh, there's a lot of, yeah, just fun talk between people uh, to see like, oh, I really like these games and you can really get inspiration from other people and some reviews are really nicely thought out and yeah, it's it's definitely a, a good place to be for board gamers. So wind back a little to the origin of the company. Um, the founder had a, a success with his uh, first published game. Um, but subsequently, it's, you've, you've actually taken more titles into the stable. How do you bring new developers, new designers in, and new games and new titles? Yeah, what's uh, so unique about Jolly Dutch is almost all of our games are, pub, are from Dutch designers. Uh, so how do we get these Dutch designers to find us? Uh, well, actually, each year on social media, we held this uh, contest. It's called the 110 uh, card game contest because it's all about creating a card game design that fits with 110 cards and that's the way uh, we get in new IDs we ask people do you have an ID send your concept to us and then uh, we look at it and we pick the IDs that we think okay these are ready to be published and those who win actually get their game published and the uh, ones that don't uh, win always get feedback from us like, oh, I think this is a good idea, but we think you could still improve on this aspect or that aspect of maybe think this through a little bit more and then maybe come back next year and, well, you might win a publishment then. And when you win a published sort of place, I suppose you become a... Uh, they license their t content to you and you pay them royalties yes. based on sales. Yes, yeah, definitely. Um, the competition itself 
would suggest that you're very happy with card-based products, and yet I see, and, and most of your titles are card games, I can see though one or two of them have pieces involved too. You're prepared to branch out a little. Yeah, no, definitely. Well, the, uh, the card games are for our subscription model. We uh, have a subscription model in the Netherlands where every two months, if you subscribe, you get a new, newly released card game that hasn't been on the market yet. So it's always a surprise for people when they receive it at home. So that's where all of our card games basically go to. Uh, but then besides that, we're also working on publishing bigger games with, well, with wooden components or, uh, yeah. Pieces yeah. and parts and, and uh, more design qualities added in. Um, so the subscription-based model is interesting. It, I, I imagine um, with a card-based product, um, shipping isn't too expensive and it makes sense to, well, you can actually ship boxes or even envelopes of cards. Yeah, we, uh, yeah, we send them as envelopes uh, uh, at the moment only in the Netherlands, uh, but we're really hoping to branch out at, uh, at some points once we've got enough of a following that shipping is affordable enough. So in addition to a subscription model, do you also make your product available to distributors for on the shelf? Yeah, yeah. but the thing is the, the, uh, the car games get released at home, at the people's homes, and then afterwards they become available in board game shops around the Netherlands or even uh, in Belgium. We also sell our games there, uh, so yeah. Do you think that model is um, going to uh, scale out to other countries? Yeah, I think it. it I think it really has some uh, unique properties that would, yeah, people would enjoy. I don't know. It's there's a lot of games coming out, and sometimes it's hard to find something you really like. And this way, it's always a surprise what you get. Um, so you don't have to look for it, and that um, can be nice as well. And we also provide a QR code on the back of all of our boxes, so if you, you can scan it, you can watch an explanation video, and if you think, oh, this game is not for me, you can leave it in shrink and you can gift it to somebody. I imagine uh, Jolly Dutch's reputation is uh, for selecting a certain kind of quality of game and type of game is important. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All of our uh, card games are eco-friendly. Uh, so that means that they are produced with biodegradable ink, uh, biodegradable plastic, and uh, FSC uh, materials. So uh, that's definitely something that's important to us. We want to make games that are fun for people to play, but that are also fun for the world. Fantastic. And can you just run through the list of titles that you've got here today? You've also got some of your designers here to yeah. present. Yeah, uh, definitely. So uh, all of our uh, subscription uh, games are here, which are uh, Click the Great Wall, which ex actually uh, won a prize this year in the Netherlands. And our designer, Vicky, is also here. We have uh, Lemur Tales, of which the designer, Chris, is also here. We have Donkey Valley, Perfect Numbers, and Unbeatable, of which the, uh, both designers, uh, Nick and Michael, are also here today. And um, yeah, they're, they're really an uh, amazing uh, list of titles. Have you been to Spiel before? Uh, yes, we've been to Spiel a couple of years already. Uh, this is my second year going here for Jolly Dutch, uh, but uh, Alexander and Arnold, they've been here before when they were still uh, making their Kickstarter project, their first game that they launched. They were also here, but with a much smaller stand. So last year we also had a little bit smaller stand, and this year we're really 
really expanding. You're, you're pushing the boat out. It must have cost a fair bit to get this position here. Yeah, I think, uh, well, I think we're very happy with our position. It's a, it's a nice spot to be in, yeah. Are you hoping to sell enough copies to sort of break even um, with the marketing costs coming out? Let's hope so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah. But just being here is important, I think. Yeah, it's very important to be here as a publisher to uh, make relationships with other publishers as well, talk to other publishers, see if uh, they want to maybe publish our games in, in their country or maybe vice versa. Uh, so yeah, it's definitely important to be here. I presume you've got a bunch of meetings organized on the side. You're, you're all here at the booth today, but... Um, yeah, we, there's also definitely a lot of uh, meetings planned as well. What other trade shows are you going to? Uh, the other sh uh, shows we're going to are mostly in the Netherlands. So the next one is Spelle Spectacle, which is also a very big one. It's uh, in Utrecht. Great. Just thank you for taking the time to talk with us and uh, it's great to see you at Spiel and I hope to see you here next year. Yeah, definitely. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to this episode. Music is Hades from the album Chromatic T-Rex by Ben Prunty.